0: Easy steps, right? It's this easy, right? So, our formal philosophy, right? Protect your uh, cash flow. Once you protect your cash flow, you want to become a world class savings. We don't want to. We don't care about the rate of return because we can't return. We can't control the rate of return on some of these investments. So you got to save a certain percentage of your income to be successful, right? right. A regular family, you're looking at twenty percent. If you're in the NFL, you better get into sixty, uh, sometimes seventy percent of what you're making if you want to be successful in the future, based upon the amount of time you have actually to make that money, right? Mm -hmm. After you...
1: opulent inventory our proud partners here on the show now you can finally have the apple product times the apple guy from macbooks to apple watches to airpods to iphones and much more 10 percent off promo code podcast you can have the apple product of your dreams visit opulent inventory on all streaming social media platforms and on instagram now back to the show back (laughs) back. welcome back wow would you even believe it man it's already season three of our show mike would you even believe that um (laughs) it's been a minute since we have there for sure season three of our show here on the Sebi podcast radio show My myself and my partner michael gray it's 2020 has been a obviously an abnormal year for all of us how are you how's your family how you been thus far Everybody's doing
2: well, man. It has been a crazy year, but um, it's been a year of uh, self-reservation and self-reliance. Like, absolutely, you know, I've been working on myself for the last four or five months ever since this pandemic has has started, and, you know, it's something something that I think we all needed. We all needed to self-reflect a little bit and look at ourselves in the mirror and see where we can become better people, and just become an overall better person. And, you know, throughout this time, you know, sports has been on the back burner a little bit, but um, more so, just been working on myself, man. How about you? Everybody's doing good on my side. How about everybody on your side, man? How's
1: yeah, uh, we're all as good on this end here as well. In a weird way, in a unique way, I think the coronavirus is, is kind of helped people, right? You know, oh, kind of yeah. self reflect, kind of be able to kind of take some time off, being in quarantine, being at home, um, getting yourself away from the outside world, the distractions and thing. All of a sudden, to kind of reflect and be like, hey, like. These are some areas I can improve in, whether that be financially, whether that be internally, spiritually, whatever it is, academically, I, I think that in a unique way, the coronavirus has helped us out, Mike.
2: It absolutely has. You know, it's all about perspective and how you look at it. You can either look at the negative that you see constantly on TV and in social media, or you can look at the, um, the positives of what you've done during able to uh, utilize this time to, to better yourself, like you said. And absolutely, man, it's really all about perspectives and how you look at it.
1: Definitely, perspectives is key, for sure. We've got a great one for you guys tonight, an exciting episode, season three and episode one of our show tonight. We've got a great guest, a great and exciting feature guest. I'm excited for you guys. We're talking everything from cash flow to um, money to money, and we all like money for sure. But before we get to that, Mike, um, some quick hitters, we want to talk about the NFL and the NBA. A lot's been going on these last four months uh, throughout quarantine. It's a lot to even talk about, but we'll narrow it down to just the NFL and the NBA here for sure. The NBA preseason thus far has started today. Uh, key exhibitions that started the Clippers and Magic kicked off today. We've got the Pelicans and the Nets kicking on as we speak right now. Um, the NBA and NBA PA has made a focal point, Mike to have the BLM and that's the black lives matter as a staple to what the NBA wants to do. That goes on for the WNBA as well. Um, their hashtag whole new game. It's pretty much a whole new season, Mike. Uh, there's no uh, a team. There is is no home court. I don't think anybody gets a ru- routine and there's no momentum shift. It's going to be different and, and it's a new, whole new season. Your thoughts about it, Mike? Yeah, it's
2: different. It kind of it, it kind of gives the the players that 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 got a chance to go to college. It, it it gives them that college feel they can reminisce on. And for those players that you know that, that didn't really go to college route, it gives them an opportunity to get that college feel a little bit. You know, it's almost like being in a dormitory. You know, it's just surrounded by a bunch of your teammates and things of that nature, other players. And it, it, you're right, it's different. It's something different. But you know, like. Like, like like players have done throughout their entire careers, they've adjusted and adapted to whatever uh, whatever the circumstances are at that time, and, and that's exactly what these NBA players are doing. As professionals, they decided to play, sh- sh- strap up their uh, cleat, sh- excuse me, strap up their uh, lace up their shoes, and, and and
1: let's let's get some basketball going. Yeah, let's get some basketball for sure. Obviously, the NBA and also officials made it clear that coronavirus testing daily would be. Mandatory and mandated for sure. Athletes are to use masks after practices and after games for sure. Especially talking to media as well. Uh, reports came that there was zero cases yesterday, so I guess these are good signs for the NBA there for sure. And for this new restart, I'm gonna ask you this, Mike: Where, who, and who? What teams, and whether that be veteran teams or whether that be young teams, who does this favor? You know, a four or five month layoff, all of a sudden, you got to get back that adrenaline. You got to get back into game shape. You got to get back that momentum that you once had in late March. So, if I were to ask you, momentum younger teams or momentum veteran teams? Uh,
2: I- I actually have a combination of of both. There's it's, it's a few teams out there that I look that they really capitalized off this opportunity. One in my opinion is the Philadelphia 76ers because Ben Simmons the last 8 games before we um before the uh, we we had the, the season stop, he missed the last 8 games with a back injury. And you know this time off he's able to you know get back and get back in shape and you see what Brent you see Brent Brown has moved him to the four and moved Shake Milton to the point guard position. I think this time off given them them a chance to uh uh see you know the different matchups and different lineups that they can put out there that can give them the best opportunities. I, I, I love what I've seen from Philly. I'm also going to give it to Memphis. Memphis as well uh, um, looked out as well because Jaron Jackson Jr. missed nine games with a back injury, and now he's, he was an integral part of, to that Memphis team. As, as you saw this year, him expanding his game to, to the three-point range and being able to you know help out John Moran and, and add to this core, this young core out there in Memphis, they definitely helped. And, and Sebi, I got to go somewhere where you love. I got to go to your, 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 the place where it, 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 it deals your heart Where well, the Boston Celtics. Music I, to my ears. I'm going like... to have to say it. I, I, I'm going to have to say it. They really helped out a lot because this team is great. They have young pieces like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who are there for the future. You have guys like Ennis Cantu who have playoff uh, veterans. And, but I think one of their biggest pieces that they were able to get some rest was Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker was ailing a left knee injury back in March. And he's still in some discomfort right now to this day. But this four-and-a-half, almost five-month layoff definitely helped him out. And the Boston Celtics with Kimball Walker are a legitimate threat to come out of the East.
1: Right. I would agree with you there as well, Mike. I'll give you two more teams. I think the Houston Rockets, right? In a weird format where it's a bubble, nobody has home court, it's Mike Pickup Ball in the indoor gym. Advantage D'Antoni and Advantage James Harden and Russell Westbrook in a type of game where you can just flat out one-on-one isolate and pay running gun and fast pace. I think this actually benefits the Rockets. Obviously, you know, they had the cases, we wish them nothing but the best to get back. Well, but if Westbrook is right. And if Harden is right with the small ball that they're using, I think this can actually be a weird way where the Rockets can potentially make a run and, i just think that you know this is a place where you know there isn't home court you're not going to get that crowd feeling if you had to go to staples for a game seven or you you had to go to milwaukee for a game five uh, a crucial game five it's it's pickup ball i think it's an open door gym i think that favors the style of play of the rockets with the james harden with the russell westbrook not saying they're gonna be the favorites but i think that they are live dark horses in the Western Conference. I'll give you another one, Mike. I like the Nuggets. You get Bo back. Uh, you get okay. a healthy Michael Porter Jr. And you get a lean and fit Jokic. You're that boy, Sammy? I've seen him. Ooh. 20 pounds lighter Jokic to go along with a team that already has depth. They can rim protect. They can shoot the three. I think this team is just young. And there's one thing about this, Mike. I, I think the older teams... You know, you talk about the Lakers and the Bucks that had momentum and routine. It's hard to pick that up as an older team where you got these young legs yeah. and these young teams. They're pretty more able to adapt and to get into game shape quicker. So I think this really adapts and helps the Rockets and also the Nuggets. So that's to be seen. But it's going to be fun to watch, Mike. And it's it's a great time to be back for the NBA.
2: You're, you're absolutely right, and I, I love your pick with the Rockets because you're absolutely right. The Rockets are the one team in this, in this entire bubble that can blow this entire thing open. They can blow the entire playoffs open, and they can spoil all of the NBA fans' wishes of possibly having the Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals. They can blow that open because, like you said, the, the small ball that they went to trading Clint Capella elevated Russell Westbrook's game because now he went from shooting uh, almost 10 threes a game to now about three or four threes a game. And that's that's been beneficial for him. That's been beneficial for this team. You saw his efficiency go up, get into the rack. They spread everybody out, and nobody can stop Russell Westbrook one-on-one getting into the hole. And like you said, James Harden, he's going to get his buckets, whether it's relying on his skill set or relying on getting into the free throw line or a combination of both. James Harden is going to get his buckets, so you have that. And then, you know, you, you still have a defensive presences, like a PJ Tucker, like a Robert Covington, who they traded for from Minnesota. They, like this, this team is very scary, like you said. And you hear about Mike D'Antoni implementing a new set offensively. Oh man, it, it, come on! Man. As if they need <laughs> come it, on, it. more Come on, Mike. As if they, as if they need it anymore. So it's your team, You're right. It's special too. Bobo, Bo, today was looking like his father against against my Wizards. And then you, and then you got you, like you said, Jokic. Jokic is uh like you said, a lean Jokic. Like, Jokic, that's the only thing he didn't have was athleticism and mobility to be able to move as fast as some of these other players. But allow, along with his skill set, you give him an opportunity to, you know, be quick off the first step and be able to move and be able to make decisions a lot faster, you know, with his passing and possibly get into the rim. Oh, yeah, this Denver team is, this Denver team is loaded. So, yeah, it's a lot of teams that are up there in the opening. But, right, those, the Houston Rockets and the Denver Nuggets, I, I,
1: I'm, I'm not mad at those picks, man. They, they, they're really special coming down then- the stretch. And a closed confines in an open jam format. Running gun is key. And the Rockets and the Nuggets live on those fast-paced moves for sure here. We want to shift gears, Mike, to the NFL real quick. Um, You know, the NFL and the NFLPA are in negotiations right now. Zero preseason games. But th- there might be some problems and conflictions here. You know, you got the guys... That got it, quote unquote, from the mud or the undrafted. Exactly. And they're trying to make a name for themselves. How are they going to get in? Do, do you think that both parties find a, a compromise between the two, Mike?
2: The, I'm sure with all those brilliant minds in NFLPA section, I'm sure that they find a way to figure this out. Maybe they rely on training camp per se to try to get to get to the 53 man roster and see who who does it out. Maybe they continue to um, uh, imp- implement what they've already done, which is you know have teams travel and, and, and um, practice with each other in the uh, during training camp but implement that for a longer stretch. Like maybe, say, for example, instead of implementing for a week, you have one team come this week, then another team it, It's It's different ways that you possibly could do it. Maybe they don't go that route, but it's, it's, it's so many different ways that you could figure out how to drop your uh, roster down to 53. It is going to be a, a different circumstance. It is going to be something that some of those players that may have been fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks and, and beyond and aren't secured locks to make the team, they, it's a different it's definitely an adjustment that they have to make in order to try to make the team. But at the end of the day, if you're, you're passionate enough about the game and you're passionate enough about making a 53 man roster, you'll figure, you'll find, you'll, you'll find a way to figure it out. And I'm sure the NFL PA will, will definitely figure, figure this thing out. And, um, and we'll, we'll have, we'll have football.
1: Yes, we will have football for sure. Another key topic is the players and safety. Of course, with COVID 19 being this invisible monster that we all know it to be. Guys like Richard Sherman, Drew Brees, yeah. Russell Wilson also having a baby on the way. They want to ensure that, you know, the NFL is doing all they can possibly do to keep its stars and its safeties and its, and its players, of course, and its key stars and, 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 and key players and franchise alter players safe, Mike. What can the league do to kind of ensure that that will happen?
2: That's a great question, Sebi, and, and, and to be honest with you, I'm surprised the players waited this long to actually speak out and come out about it. You know, we two weeks away from what would have been the first preseason game, and I, we're just now really hearing the players voice their opinions publicly about this. You know, I was I was actually hoping that they said something earlier because this is something I've been thinking about for a while. How is this? is This is the, the hardest question to answer because. Football is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Right, and And you can't you
1: can't really do a bubble format for an. Yeah, yeah, this isn't the NBA, right? Exactly.
2: Right. Exactly. You can't do a bubble format uh, for this, and I'm I'm not sure how they're gonna find a way uh, to to make sure these players are secure and safe uh, on the field because off the field, you know, that's that you could off the field, it's it's a lot different, but on the field, you're literally in contact with players every single play, especially from uh, down in the trenches and the. And, and and as the lineman, so I, I really don't have an answer on how they're going to do it. But I'm sure with all those great minds around, they're going to figure something out. With it. But that's that that's something I'm still struggling and struggling to figure out myself, sabby.
1: It's the uncertainty that we don't know about for sure. But Roger Goodell and league officials got their hands here for sure, as promised. Our featured guest, Jermaine Carter, back with us next. The SEBI Podcast Radio Show, inside the studios at WNSC. And we are back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show as promised. Here, of course, our next guest is a wealth management advisor. Um, the young gentleman here has worked with numerous entrepreneurs. We're talking small businesses, big corporations, and some of the brightest stars and athletes in the modern game. With us today, Jermaine Carter. We're not only happy to have you here as a body, but also please to have you with us active tonight how are you today AJ I'm doing well how are you guys doing man I'm doing very well man Good, we're doing man. pleased yeah. to have you here on the show here as well with us AJ and and I know this is a major topic especially what's going on all around the world right now we've got the BLM movement whether that be just in society as a whole but also for your role is in in kind of ensuring that you know there's implement there's a something that's implemented for not only you know active bodies in general as in athletes but also for blacks and minorities in general
0: yeah you know what absolutely and uh, again thanks for having me i think where i am is kind of an extension of what you'll hear from uh, dr Watkins, dr boyce Watkins. Uh, okay really helping everyone understand entrepreneurship uh, really helped them understand the the importance of acquiring real estate. And then, you know, understanding how capital markets work and how we should be leveraging those things. So we're not only consumers, um, you know, in the country, but we're actively building wealth uh, with, you know, income disparities getting worse and everything. It's it's very important we get these lessons uh, because we got some ground to make up. Right. So it's really an extension of that work. Um, You know, that's something that definitely really inspired me um and really helping create clarity and an opportunity for
1: these you know uh, young brothers we we engage with around the country Right, right. Great, great story about that. Share with us about uh, some of that, because I don't think a lot of the listeners and a lot of viewers know essentially what Dr. Watkins um, has implemented. Can you explain to us a little bit Well, he actually has a formal university, which is, I think, (laughs) he has
0: like a formal program he runs everyone through. Um, Obviously, for me as a wealth management advisor, mine's a lot to do with my personal business. So I'm engaging uh, with entrepreneurs and small business owners, athletes, on a one-on-one basis, really giving them uh, specific instruction about what they should do individually. Um, but it's really the same work. Um, you know, we're always trying to get them, you know, purchasing real estate, but not only purchasing it, purchasing it in an efficient fashion. Um, a lot of the guys we work with are typically coming from the different, um, banking organizations and they're really discouraged from, um, acquiring real estate. And, you know, once they have that and they're building that portfolio, we're always talking, you know, immediately about how can we access capital markets. Right. So there's a great wealth creator in our, you know, in the world. It's made more. It's created more wealth than any other thing anywhere. And it's not even close. And that's going to be, you know, stock market or, you know, you hear me say capital markets. Um, So teaching these young guys how markets work. Um, creating realistic expectations for returns they can get over time uh, and helping them do things systematically, right? So when they come to us, they're not trying to be successful one or two times. We're really teaching them, this is what you need to do structurally, uh, systematically, so we can repeat this over and over again and just look out in the future and create millions of dollars of wealth for yourself.
1: Right. <laughs> Jermaine Carter with us tonight here on the show. Mike, go ahead.
0: Yeah, Jermaine. Yeah, uh,
2: what, what, or who inspired you to become a wealth advisor?
0: You know what? It's um, you know, a funny story. So I actually majored in biology.
1: <laughs> I was going to go to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it always like that?
1: It's pretty much always like that. Yeah. I
0: wanted to go to. I wanted to go to med school, and then um, you know, I I talk a lot. Of course, uh, I finished my degree. I didn't, I was studying my MCAT and I kind of wasn't feeling as much as I thought I would. I, I tremendous, uh, experience. I had a ton of experience working in hospital. I worked in Kaiser while I was in school full time. Uh, so all the doctors and everyone around me were kind of really encouraging me to go to med school as well. Um, but I, I kind of did what everyone, uh, I think like me does and I kind of did the right things and then went completely broke in 2008. So, Um, and the right things for me. Yeah. So the right thing for me was graduate from school. Uh, I graduated from school. I got a job from, you know, eight to four and that job eight to four paid me $75,000 a year, uh, you know, (laughs) plus, uh, gas and expenses. And they paid me commission for the things I was selling. Uh, then I would leave that job and I was, uh, working, you know, four to, you know, 11 at another one, trying to save up money to buy a house. Right. And, um, You know, then the recession hit. (laughs) I got laid off, of course. Uh, Me and the other brother got laid off that worked there. Uh, Both of us that were number one on our teams, by the way, uh, got laid off. Uh, So you know how that is. You know, if your name is uh, Jermaine Carter, you know you're going to be the first to go and the last one hired. That's just just the way it is, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, I went completely broke, right? So I started looking for opportunities uh, to create a business for myself. And I didn't understand... I mean, I, I kind of always knew about stocks. I had always followed them, you know, in the newspaper since econ in high school. I didn't understand it as, um, you know, a business for myself or even the, the impact it was having on my community at the time. Uh, so um, someone actually I was interviewing with a bio, uh, biotech firm uh, at a career fair. I was invited and uh, I was talking to all the other candidates. And a lady walked up to me and said, you know, it's really impossible for us to find people who really want to do this. It's terribly hard. It's extremely difficult. Most people fail. And uh, but, you know, you're in here, everyone's nervous and you're talking to everyone. So I, I think you're going to like it. So went to Beverly Hills the next day. They showed me how it worked. Uh, talked to me about the mentorship. I told them I had a biology degree and then I just loved it. Right. From that day forward. Um <laughs> you know, I was kind of fully committed. And then I had the opportunity to work with a lot of, um, you know, I, I luckily was a, I was getting hired by pretty high net worth firms. So I got a lot of specific information around you know wealth creation, uh, you know, and protection and, and those things. So yeah, that's how I got started.
1: Yeah. I always think that everybody's journey is different, right? You, you go um, one route and then everything you know, there's a different shortcut or loophole detours you back to another route. And and talking to us about that is is just um, powerful in itself. Um, I want to talk to you, um, something that you mentioned before about systematic, uh, you know, continuity. They think about, and it's not just Blacks. We talk about all uh, minority groups, like the European descent. You talk about South American descent, Blacks, Asians, uh, whatever you are, Indians, of course. There's the stigma that that is that, you know, you wake up, you go to school for 12 years, you graduate high school, you go into college, and then you come with all this debt and loan, whether that, be, you know, you're a student, whether that be, you know, you've come from a high socioeconomic class, or whether mm-hmm. you're an athlete, of course, and then you got all this debt from loans, and you got to pay back and you're only making so much just to find out that we didn't need that. Can you talk to us a little bit? about mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, you know, absolutely.
0: in our country right now, there's just, there's a student loan crisis and it's going to burst one day. And, you know, I can talk specifically about our group, right? There is no freedom. There is no um, changing, um, you know, how police treat are going to treat you. Uh, there is no social progress that's not going to be made economically, right? So we have to really... Began to look at the way in which we're approaching I think the way we're playing the game within this this country you know other groups are building businesses in our yeah. communities and selling us stuff that we should be producing and selling to ourselves which yeah. which removes dollars out of our out of our community um you know I see some horrible examples uh and I'll use my business you know people talk about diversity and, and things in different industries but you know I I would imagine you know, wealth management is going to be the worst. Right. And specifically for black males, I think it's going to be horrible. And if you if you move over to black, black women, black females, it's, they're almost non-existent, Right. In our industry. So, you know, the, the 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 that creates an opportunity for us to kind of get in there, and make the moves. But really, I think people need to move away. And I think us in general and Dr. Watkins talks about this all the time, which is into a, a mind frame of ownership and and entrepreneurship right and it's really how are we laying down the foundation so your son your daughter doesn't you know need to ask someone else for a job they can move into a business you own enhance it and 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 really move there right and really move on from there and you know one thing when we're talking about building businesses we're not talking about just building businesses to serve you know our community we're looking here building you know and thinking huge right Um, there's always opportunities in business because most businesses exist on this barely functioning level and there's a bunch of inefficiencies. So there's always a way to kind of move into different markets, create efficiencies and, you know, really exploit those inefficiencies in the market to make yourself and your community money. And that's what I really think we should be doing. And I mean, banking uh, in law, in medicine, uh, you know, most people have terrible experiences going to see a physician, right? So if, if you're a young brother right now and you're listening to this and you want to be a doctor, what you should be doing is not only looking at what you need to do to become a doctor, but what the experiences most people are having when they're visiting a physician and then really leveraging those inefficiencies and, and solving that problem in the business model to create wealth for yourself. Right. That's just the way our country works. And we have to do a better job of, of really you know, doing that
2: definitely hey, Jermaine I, I have a question man it's a young king out there that wants to start a small business or wants to, he wants to elevate and wants to build in this community but he's, he, he's lost on how, where to start he's lost on you know um, what, what could be his first step what's your advice to that young king that's, that's, uh, that's, that's coming out the mud that's probably living in a project or something like that and he wants to elevate his community and elevate what's your advice to him
0: you know what so you gotta do a couple things you gotta get around like minded people right um Right. You have to realize most businesses can be started with very little capital when they're small businesses. Um, if you talk to some very wealthy individuals that really go around the country mentoring, I'm talking about the Dan Pena's and those guys and all these billionaires, they'll tell you, you know, lack of budget is really an excuse, right? So when we start looking at Michael Dell and all these people that build HP and these big corporations, they were doing it out of garages, right? So you know the first thing to realize is that you're no different than those people except for the challenges you're going to face when it's time to get access to capital right so the you know one I dream big right first thing i tell you right. dream big surround yourself with like-minded individuals and then create a game plan specifically around what you want to do you can't be so when someone comes to me and they want to have these conversations about wealth management if you guys would have called me at you know, one o'clock in the morning and you want to talk to me about economics, I can wake up out of my sleep and talk about it. Right. I'm an expert about it. I don't need a, you know, I, there's some specific, specific things I want to touch on when we speak, but you know, you can wake me up out of my sleep and come get me out of anywhere. And, and we can talk about this. So, you know, become an expert in areas in which you want to, um, you know, in the areas of, of entrepreneurship, you want to pursue. Um, your phone is a conduit to more information, than, you know, that's ever existed in the world, right? In any library, right? So constant research, and then I would tell him, you know, like he's alone, and people, you know, aren't there to support his business, and the community's letting them down, and you know, the people that came before him didn't create, you know, create a path. Way he's absolutely right about that, but he, has, yeah. but he has to ignore it and still do what he has to do. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, how strong that is in the community where you're trying to
2: you're, you're looked at as an outlier because you want to do your own thing. And you're around a bunch of people that are so used to working for somebody else or so used to working a nine to five, but don't have that mindset to do their own. So they they tear you down and knock you down, not even realizing you're trying to be trying to build everybody up. Right.
0: Right. I saw a meme online that says it said I got the job and it had, you know, two thousand likes. And then the, <laughs> and then it said the next one was, hey, I started my own business and there was four likes. Right. Right. So, you know, I see some terrible statistics, right? So, you you know, in the slavery, you had 98% of, you know, black people in the country working for non-black people. It got to right. 2015. It was almost the same, right? Um, I've seen something within my business, which is terrible, discouraging. Now, you know, I got to force, you know, I got to give, a, a, I think, a, a, a clear understanding of where I'm at. I'm very negatively motivated. So the more negative information I get, the more I become alive, right? So the worst, you know, information I get, you know, it just makes me just, it just pumps me up a little bit more. Keep gives me a little bit more focus. but in my business, uh, a couple of co- companies did a study and they had uh community purchase to community purchase. That means if you were Korean, what group of Koreans were buying from Koreans? What group of Jewish people were buying from Jewish people? What group of this group was buying from this group? And then, you know, who was at the bottom, right? So um, at the bottom of this uh, study it had 12 percent of black clients are buying from african-american advisors in the country right mm-hmm. which is terribly frustrating because i meet a lot of young brothers and sisters get in the business and they want to do well and sometimes there's just not a market there and when there is you know we're thinking everyone else's ice is colder right when it's to, uh, you know, when it's typically not. So, you know, we have to get yeah, away from those clear. challenges. So that young brother has to realize all these things are going to happen and ignore them. That,
2: that, that young queen as well, too. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to yeah, yeah. out but on the queen. The queen out as well. Well, that's look, right. I don't
0: want to leave the ladies out of the queens as well. Well, here's what I will tell you. Right. So if we start looking at what's happening uh, with, with black women in our country graduating right with advanced degrees faster than any other group starting businesses at that same level, uh, they seem to be making the progress that we're not. Right. In fact, they are making progress that we're not. Right. So if you look at my professionals, the lawyers I work with, the doctors I work with, a lot of the small businesses I work with around the country, um, if they're not athletes, they're becoming overwhelmingly black females, right. Successful black females, women producing four or five, 600,000 dollars a year by themselves. Right. And, you know, so, you know props to them i mean this is like it's been happening for a while but they're already in their full kind of i think they're in a large reformation period and you know they're becoming a force within you know our country in terms of entrepreneurship right yeah and i think you know especially for us you know we have to do a better job of (laughs) tracking with them right right
2: let's kick it up, fellas (laughs) no for well yeah
0: i i went to uh an event recently, a uh, well a few months back, with a uh, um, hundred black men in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and one of the things that happened. And I'm not big on this because I, I want young brothers to start businesses. Sometimes that means you're not, you don't have a college degree. Um, right. You know, I got clients that make doors and windows and make twelve million dollars a year. That mm-hmm. they design and install co- uh, custom doors and windows. So, you know, right. if you have a business degree, and I can install doors and windows, and you know, make a thousand times what you're making, that's more ideal t- to me and with my point of view of the world,
1: right? <laughs> but, right. you know, that's actually what they do. Um, no, 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 it's okay. It, it's kind of like, you know, right now where, you know, for for myself and, and Mike, we, we have backgrounds in journalism. You know, you go to school and things of that nature and you try to get a job right from the back. They preach to you internships. They preach to you, uh, get yourself through the door and get, gain all the experience. Whereas now we're seeing a lot we're seeing a new wave of digital uh marketing where i think the whole world is going to you see the news going towards that wave you see Mm -hmm. uh, um you see the sports avenue going towards that wave uh you see in the entertainment field whereas like the value of watching television and the value of you know streaming something is not as significant as seeing it on twitter or streaming it live with you know online streaming or watching it on Instagram and stuff. So I think that's the new wave and people are starting to see like, hey, you know, I don't have to get my foot through the door if I have an end goal of going through CNN just to start my own thing. I can start my own thing now using these different digital platforms. So in essence, it kind of, you know, goes back to what you're trying to say here as well is, you know, we all want to do what we want to do as in terms of going to school, getting that business degree, but little do we know we're not, wanting to take that risk as well and wanting to start that business. Right. right? If that, it. You know, absolutely,
0: right. So I was just having this conversation with, uh, with Derek, right? You know, Derek, you know, the guy introduced right, right. us. And we were just talking about, uh, I was reading an article and it was about um, like some bar in New York and there was a lady on TV and she was complaining about, you know, the dress code and how it was targeting us, right? <laughs> and I thought, and, you know, my point to everyone is, and I usually do all my preaching in the barbershop, <laughs> right and sometimes it's you know that's where all
1: you know, you know you know that's where we have these conversations
0: but you right. know i always think i have this um you know this some insight a little bit because of you know what i'm doing but a lot of the you know i get a lot of pushback from this and my point to them was why do you care what their dress code is in that place that doesn't want you there why are you giving them your money right so we talk about some of the things that inspired me one of them was watching a video of Martin Luther King before he was assassinated, talking about you guys don't have to ask anyone anywhere else for anything. All you have to do is spend your money appropriately right and then of course, months after that he was months after him saying that he passed away right so how did was he in that position back then, and we're still here having these same conversations about entrepreneurship and the need for us to drive and stop being economic you know consumers in every single fashion in every part of our lives right valid point you know he was saying those things so and that was a point he was saying spend your money appropriately you don't have to ask someone to change the you know the police department if you have money and you have schools in your you know in your area you show up and you're the economic foundation you vote you vote in different people you have the money to have the representation and then you change it right and a lot of times right. I talk to these brothers, and like even we're in the barber shop and we're talking about, you know, some of the things going on, and I, you know, and they don't like my position, which I could, you know, I get that, and I told them I, I don't care how someone feels about me, right? I, I just, I, I could care less. If you know, equal when they you know, I don't even like the language that's being used. And Doctor Watkins points this a little bit about changing your psychology and your mentality. You know, people are saying we want equality, and I always say equal to what, right? Right. So if you tell oh my- what were you gonna say, bro? That's a key thing. Equal to what? Equal to what? Yeah. So I would I equal treatment under the law. Yes. If we're gonna have a bank in our community and they're talking about we're an equal opportunity lender and everything that we shouldn't walk in and there shouldn't be studies saying that uh, different groups uh, of different ethnic backgrounds are paying different interest rates for the same amount of money with the same credit scores, which we see happening oh, as well, right? Oh man, does that make does that make sense? So. The idea Absolutely. is i love jamie right. diamond and i you know and i loved my I, every, daily i look at a picture of jeff bezos in like 89 in his dirty office with a spray painted amazon sign right right i like these guys right i really do and they are inspiring but why the young brother the young sister you were talking about earlier why can't they do that why aren't they trying to compete with those businesses right <laughs> If you look at our music, if you look at entertainment, if you look at fashion, you know, the world's suffering from a lack of having these young brothers and sisters there. Right. Our country is really suffering economically because of this. Right. You know, exactly. if it was a, exactly. if there was a guy at Tesla making cars with the same, you know, swag that's selling these other things, their cars would be selling better. You know, don't Wonder. even get me started on GM and Ford. Right. They need a, <laughs> oh, They, you know, right. I at a point in my life, I thought I would only drive a Camaro. Right? In, the, right, in the in the barrier, that's that's where everybody had—the old Chevelles and the Camaros. Right, but then you start looking at the quality of the work, and I, I was always thinking to myself, they need to hire some young brothers to right. to redesign that, some young engineers to redesign that. But then it's it's beyond that. We, you know, why don't he start his own company? They had some in Tulsa before they burned it down.
1: Right. Absolutely, it, it's it's kind of interesting because if you look at it in the sports dynamic, uh, you see in the NFL. You've, I, I think you only got one, if not uh, two um, GMs that are black African-Americans and, and and a guy that Mike likes a lot and endures in Kyrie Irving in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He an assisted and said, you know what, we should start our own league. You know, the NBA needs us more than we need them. Right. Said, so that was, that
0: was the, right. 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 So when he said that and, you know, when he said that and having some experience in business, as soon as he said that, what I started doing was listening to the people who are traditionally on our side. Right? And one of them is a sportscaster. You know, I don't know if I'm supposed to call out people's names on, on you know, podcasts or everyone's going to listen to, but it's a white dude, and he's married to a sister. And he said, well, I don't know what Kyrie talk is talking about. I don't know if that really makes any sense or blah, 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 blah. Idea. It's not a, a good idea. idea. Uh, but do they forget that Donald Trump tried to start his own league exactly. in opposition to the right. NFL? Um right. you know, everyone's on Facebook. Uh I don't have social media, which a couple of the guys we work with in the NFL always talk to me about getting back on Instagram. I did that so I didn't have the distraction. But when I was in college, I was using MySpace, which I like a lot more than Facebook, but there is no MySpace anymore and there's Facebook. And right. sometimes when I wanna to talk to people, I say, look, you drive a BMW, that doesn't mean Mercedes isn't going to stop running commercial, you know, they're not going to stop running commercials because you bought that BMW. Right. So this is what I'm doing. I take, I say this to people that I'm obviously trying to meet with. Right. So me talking to you is me running my commercial. Right. And Mm -hmm. and the idea is just because there's an established business model doesn't mean we can't create one better. Right. Or I was in the barbershop and the other guys, they just were all over me. I said, especially in hoop, it's really easy. And you just saw one of the young brothers that's a five-star recruit do it. He went to Howard and right. I, I always thought to myself and I would end up in these rooms. Um, I have a 72-year-old uh, lady. Her name is Anita and she's from Boston. A black lady with a Boston attitude. Uh, Boston. She has a Boston attitude and a Boston um, <laughs> and she has that <laughs> accent, right? <laughs> it's
1: all northerners. Yeah.
0: Well, she has that Boston. And, you know, I didn't like... I was working on these teams and, and I was working on a very high net worth team and they had hundreds of millions of dollars under management and I could see myself just you know, kind of plopping down there, making, you know, a lot of money and slowly growing and then moving through, but I didn't like the experience I was having, right? Mm. Like, I didn't want to look around and I was the only Black person. Like, I, entire, yeah, I, I didn't understand how that was success. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so what I, we're doing now is providing opportunities for younger uh, brothers and sisters to get in the business and then really have someone on their side uh, and move from there. But, you know, all these things, you know, that we're pointing to is really what Doctor Boykin, Doctor Walker's has talked about, you know, before, which is look, address your psychology and the fact and our history, and look what you were programmed to do, and then we have to first erase that, and then start doing things that everyone else in the world is doing. Right? China within seventy years went from a, you know, farming to a, an economic superpower. Right.
2: Mm, good point.
0: Right. Yeah. That's why
1: we're always in
0: depth with China. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to some young brothers the other day, and they were, I was like, "Look, you." They're, they're talking about manufacturing products and hats, and they're ordering from China. I said, "Did you?" Right. I said, "It has to be cheaper to do it from Haiti." Right. And he, I said, "Do we have? Do you know what the trade laws are? Do you know what the?" You know, do you know what the rules of engagement with? If you have to make something to Haiti and import it over here, have you even looked at it? But I, you, they have to be paying those people less than what they're paying in Chinese. And you're talking about shipping costs right. and it's 50 miles or something off Florida or something like that. Have yeah. you thought about doing that, right? Have we thought about these micro economies that, or these emerging economies where there's other people like us that can help us produce things obviously cheaper than we can do here, help build an, an economy for themselves, make sure we're not doing it. And, you know, we're exploiting them as well, but we're also creating things in both places. Has anyone tried to do that? Not at all. Right. And, you know, sometimes even I'm on myself, like, okay, I'm thinking too small. (laughs) Right. Mm. Like I have my wealth management practice. I'm eating, you know, my life is pretty good, but you know, what else am I doing to create opportunity for, you know, the, you know, the aforementioned young brother and sister who want to be like us um, mm-hmm. You know, want to do a podcast? Want to be wealth managers? Want to make doors and windows and make millions of dollars installing doors and windows? Or I got another client that packs meat. You know, you telling me we can't pack meat? That's right. And I talk to NFL players like this. You telling me you can't? You know, football is going to be the least amount of time <laughs> in terms of experience in your life of what you're actually doing because when you're right. done, if you're lucky, you'll have a whole. Life after this, right? So you'll be done by 27 to 30, and then you're moving on. What's after this? You telling me you, you can't right. teach people how to pack meat, make four million dollars?
2: Come on now, use your hands. Right. They always used to tell us we can't use our hands. <laughs> we all hand, we all handymen out here, right? We,
1: right, that's right,
0: that's right,
2: right. learn trees I, and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I, I want to talk about uh Westpac um partners um after a, a short break here when we come back. I kind of like this being able to kind of depict the mind of of a uh, of a genius, quote unquote, or kind of your expertise. Um, So uh, quickly after this break, we'll go ahead and touch on that and also your role as an agent and being able to advise some of these athletes as well. So we'll be right back. So quickly, before we got on the break, uh, we kind of spoke about um, some of the things that you've got with us um, for sure, uh, Jermaine. And I want to talk about Westpac Wealth Partners, because this is a a group that you joined to kind of help enabling these small families and, and these business owners and these real estate investors and stuff like that. Explain to us about that and why you chose that. Well, first, I and, I and I and I think this is a good lesson
0: for the young brother and young sister you spoke about earlier that are there and they feel stuck. When you're evaluating partners, you wanna you know you want a partner that's listening, and you want to have a certain list of things that you want to accomplish, and then you need to share those with the organization before you join, right? And that's a lesson I had to learn, you know, uh, the hard way. Um, and hopefully, I you know, someone listening to this can just hear those you know, a couple of uh, tips there and really start to ask a lot of questions before you start to join with an organization, right? So in in joining the organization, what I had to do first was an evaluation of what I wanted to get done, um, what I wanted to accomplish, um, you know, uh, as far as as what I wanted to experience on a daily basis, but also what others like me were experiencing on a daily basis that were trying to get into our business. So um, when I decided to partner with this firm and move my practice here, uh, there was a couple things already happening. Um, one, the diversity was already there, right? So that was big for me. They weren't talking about it. They were actually doing it. Um, two, uh, I told them specifically, I want to hire young brothers and sisters. I'm not talking about diversity. You hear Killer Mike talk about this all the time. Um, I'm talking about hiring young brothers and sisters who I'm watching going into business. And then, uh, you know, a few months later, Uh, they're discouraged and they're off to doing something different when they had big ideas and big dreams about being in our business. So the first evaluation was good for me. I can survive anywhere, but what experience can I create for someone else? And I told them what I needed um, and it was done. Right. And there were no (laughs) excuses. So my brother also joined me here as well. Right. So um, the second thing was around capabilities for my clients. So, uh, making sure we can do everything in a comprehensive fashion. Uh, we're able to differentiate ourselves. And then we had the same agreements around some of the traditional things done in planning that aren't working for people. Right. So most people are running out of money in retirement. Um, most athletes are going broke. So we know the information they're getting, uh, it isn't working. Right. And I had ideas, but, uh, you know, about that. And then when I met with them, and we began, you know, negotiating, and talking. They had the same exact idea, so that made it easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, some of those things here. Here's a couple of them: uh, uh, rate of return. So every time I look at an athlete's portfolio, um, if, if I if I meet with an athlete, they'll tell me they have a financial advisor, and then the only thing they'll show me is a, an investment proposal, right? And these investment proposals will have, you know, rate of returns at seven, eight, nine, ten percent, which. Um, basically if you know in my position they're just saying no matter what there's a level of risk we can give you to help uh you you achieve your rate of return and if we're behind i'll just have you take more and more risk and i'm going to pull these 10 or 15 percent returns off the shelf and, just and, put and them i in think your financial that part plan. is
1: important because that's the thing that they don't tell you, you know, right. they, get to, they get you stuck in these contracts and they get you stuck on these um, offers and these offer letters and they sound all dandy and all and then but the the fine print you know, I've always been told the fine print is, is where the real information lies.
0: Well, evaluate and- what's going to go in your bank account,
1: right? So, you know,
0: our job is wealth management, so I'm not negotiating the contracts. My job is specifically helping them create wealth, right? And how do they do that for themselves? Well, first, we can only use what's going to hit your bank account after taxes, after you pay your agent, after you pay some other representatives you have sometimes around. Um, a lot of these guys are acquiring business in a fashion where there's no other choice, but to charge high fees to these guys so they can recoup some of the investment they made to acquire the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, this, this firm specifically Westpac, it's just not how we operate our business. We operate our business uh, with the idea specifically of, look, if I can keep my clients uh, and I can teach them how people will siphon money out of your (laughs) accounts, uh, you know, silently, if I can put more money back on your balance sheet, and help you avoid all the mistakes everyone else is making, uh, then, you know, our ideas, they don't mind working with us and paying us. Right.
1: Right.
0: You know, and the idea is really around how can we protect our, you know, you know, our clients. Right. For sure. Four, four easy steps. Right. It's this easy. Right. So our formal philosophy. Right. Protect your uh, cash flow. Once you protect your cash flow, you want to become a world class savings. We don't want to we don't care about the rate of return. Because we can't, return, we can't control the rate of return on some of these investments. So you got to save a certain percentage of your income to be successful, right? right? A regular family, you're looking at 20%. If you're in the NFL, you better get into 60, uh, sometimes 70% of what you're making if you want to be successful in the future based upon the amount of time you have actually to make that money, right? Mm-hmm. After, you, right. after you're saving, you want to save the money in a way in which you can access the money, right? And have it be efficient you know, with respect to taxes. So we want to create a liquidity plan and then we'll start seriously attacking our debts and some other things. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of times these guys are getting information contrary to that, which is, you know, buy a house with cash, Uh, you know, use your signing bonus to buy a house with cash and not evil. But can we can we really look at using leverage in you know, an appropriate fashion? You know, I had someone do that talk about doing that recently and they were, you know, going to get a mortgage for 2.7%, which is almost free. I mean, they're basically just giving you some money to buy a house. That's right. (laughs) At that point, why do you need to take your money? And you can do something else with your money (laughs) and get the appreciation of the house, right? Right. Get the tax write off and then use your money to create other wealth for yourself. So it's really teaching these, you know, it's really built around teaching everyone we engage with those four simple steps and then really bringing the sophistication Um, necessary to
1: create, you know, a lot of wealth on their balance sheet. I want to talk about the athletes, right? If you're not Kevin Durant, you got the boardroom, you've got a share of Philadelphia union. If you're not LeBron James, you're doing all these films and pretty much set to be a billionaire. Once you retire, of course, I want to, I want to focus on the guys like a Chris Chioza or maybe like a Dennis shooter. You got a baby in the way Mm -hmm. as sports agent, you know, Corona hit. And obviously these are unforeseen circumstances, how has, for an athlete's perspective, cash flow, financial literacy, uh, how where does that come in for some of these, you know, uh, underappreciated athletes that are not the hierarchy of some of these star players like a Harden or Curry? Well, I can speak to that specifically
0: because those are the majority of the guys we meet, right? You know, you, don't, you won't hear their names. It's not LeBron, right? And, you know, they're using different strategies, but those four simple steps again, right? So one, protect your todays. Future and current cash flow, right? So what are most of these advisors doing? They're taking their money and they're putting in things they can't access, right? To create immediate liquidity for themselves in terms of what they're going to be um, experiencing, I think, in the future. There has to be a plan B in terms of the capital you need to access to take care of a rainy day, right? right. So the first thing you do is protect your current and future cash flow. The second thing you do is you create a savings. The third thing you do is make sure that savings is accessible to you. Make sure you can actually get to that money. All right. And it has to be a ton of it. So even if you're, you know, the guys you're mentioning, um, I like to tell these young brothers, like, look, if I extend your salary over a 35 year period, you're not rich. You know, Hmm. you you made 1.1 million last year. You made $5 million last year. If you don't get another contract, you made $135,000 for the next, you know, 25 years after taxes, you're not rich. Uh, right? not rich. Yep. You're just not rich. So don't spend the money like you are. And because obviously we're young and we come from the same background, you know, I'm able sometimes to say it to them, not in that fashion. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot more direct and it's a lot more how we talk in the barbershop. Right. Like, like, what, <laughs> okay. like exactly. Like, you, get, know, they, you know, like wake up. Right. You know, like uh, I was talking with a young brother earlier and he took all his money from his financial advisor. And he's doing great in real estate now. And I, I, before he even said anything to me, I said, "Look, I know they told you not to buy real estate, right?" He said, "Yeah." So I took all my money. Now, if you're an advisor and you're telling your clients not to buy real estate, that's idiotic, right? It really is. It's it just... really is. It really is. So when you start, when we what we do with our clients at every single level is, we're gonna inside of those four steps. What we're doing is we're building a balance sheet. We're protecting the balance sheet, right? So we're making sure if they get sued, they okay you get sick or injured you're okay if you die your family's okay so for the guy you mentioned if he has a young son one thing he has to make sure is he has life insurance right Right. and if you're putting together a financial plan the easiest way to pass money to future generations is to buy permanent life insurance on your balance sheet so there's a lot of education around well what is Wells Fargo doing with their balance with their balance sheet and the life insurance and the real estate on it right how are they creating liquidity for themselves on a proportional basis, you can do the same exact things. And if you have a million dollars, may have, you know, a hundred billion, doesn't matter if we can, you know, apply the same strategy and get the same tax efficiency, right? So, so, really helping them understand those kind of things and where they have opportunity. But the first thing is really structuring everything around a balance sheet, right? Right.
1: That's definitely there for sure. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, man, I, I, I
2: ain't going to lie to you, man. I'm just sitting back here listening to you, you <laughs> talk, man, cause you're, you're really preaching right now. But, yeah, as far as, like, somebody that um, – I, I just want to know, I, out of all the, the, the ventures that you've joined and things of that nature, what's the most expi- inspiring thing that you've ever heard from a client say to you about, you know, the job that you've done with them?
0: So the most important thing I do for families is make sure their income's protected. So it's very simple Um, for most of the guys we meet that are professional athletes. There's only one company that typically will give them uh, a disability policy, and it's Lloyd's of London. Right. Right. And, you know, recently I've been walking them through the Alex Smith example. So Alex Smith is, you know, Mm. smart guy. Right. This guy's a rocket scientist himself. He has his advisors. They make all this money. Everyone's operating at the top of the market. And he didn't buy a Lloyd's of London policy. Right. Ah. So if we look at the example of what his Lloyd's of London policy would have been when he ripped up his knee and didn't get a future contract, he would have made another forty five million on top of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So and he missed out
0: on that and he missed out on that simply from not having it. And the idea is the most important thing in advisor. And I tell this to all the guys I meet and all the business owners and anyone I engage with. If you meet with an advisor and they don't protect your income, they're not an advisor. Right. Mm. So we start talking about inspiring stories. I met with a guy out in Central California who is a produce broker. and He's a fairly large produce broker, right? He's selling, uh, his brother as well, selling billions of dollars a year in grapes. And, you know, we met. He wanted to buy life insurance. And I talked to him about, look, you need to buy an income protection policy. And he told me no. And when he told me no, I told him, I'm not really. You know, I wasn't asking you to buy the policy. This is required for you to take on this relationship. And if you're not going to do what we say, then you're going to have to find someone else to do a bad job for you. That's really what I told him. So he ends up buying the policy, you know, and of course, two years later, he gets cancer. So he gets cancer and then, you know, he's not working and they're able to deliver a check to him for $75,000 with the back, you know, I think with some of the back pay that was added in on Christmas Eve. Right. And I show that letter to everyone that I show the text message he sent me with that. Congratulations. Right. So, um, I recently just had a, uh, a, a phys- another phys- a physician I work with. Um, he got, he got sick and he hasn't been able to work. He has a private practice here in LA and he, he applied for disability coverage They got it. two years later, he's disabled he's getting $25,000 a month in protection to protect his family, right? He has a wife and two kids. He also has six employees, mm-hmm. right? So 27 to 30,000, I think a month is coming into that business now on an approved claim to protect his income. Yeah. So those are my favorite stories. In fact, my favorite bottle of alcohol is Brooke Lottie black art. Ooh, I got to try that. So it's fairly expensive bottle, but whenever I have a claim, right, a death claim, a disability claim, or I'm protecting someone's income and they actually get the benefit, I buy myself that bottle and I'm only allowed to drink that bottle when I do that because it's my job, you know, and the people we work with aren't asking us to possibly get me there. They're like, get me there. Right. So I'm meeting with these young, these are young guys that were poor. We're talking about athletes. Most of them when they were growing up. Right. And I was talking to a young brother last week and he's becoming a client. Now he's moving over from a you know, fairly large name brand organization and he's kind of nervous and he's doing these things. And I stopped him. And I told him, look, you're the only one here that's nervous. I've done this for 350 other people. Here's how it works. Here's what we're going to do. And this is going to work. We're not guessing. Right. This is what I watch my mentors do with their clients with 30, 40 million dollars. <laughs> this is what I watch my mentor do with their clients with this. So they're really asking us, you know, not to be successful one or two times. Right, even the investment strategies we use are going to be based upon financial science, right? And not just really the marketing scheme we see a lot of the advisors using, where everything's just the S and P 500 because it's been doing well for the last, uh, you know, ten years. Right. So, that's my favorite thing. Um, it's the most so, important thing, and it extends to the athletes because I I see these guys playing with one or two year deals and they don't have any like. They don't have any disability protection. And they can actually just you make a million dollars, you purchase the policy, it's 10 grand. If you get hurt playing, you don't get another contract, they give you another million dollars.
1: I, I think um, I think that's big too right now. You you see guys like JJ Reddick getting two year deals with the Pelicans. Um obviously JJ said he's got other things that he's doing, but you know, after those two years, he'll probably be with 36, 37. And and you get you get guys like uh Rajan Rondo on a one year deal you don't know what they have is in terms of protection after for these things. And so that's, that's key. Especially now you're asking an athlete who was playing all go mode from late March to have a five month layoff because of coronavirus to get back into game shape. Anything can happen. You could twist an ankle. It could be, you know, season ending. You you could tore your ACL MCL and, and to bring, those the equation is not being protected by that that's that's a key thing that you brought up right there, if if there's no income coming in
0: then forget a financial plan <laughs> right and this is a you know a conversation i have often so i'll meet with uh you know a surgeon that's doing really well right mm. and it's 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 really you know it's it's crazy to me to talk to someone who operates on someone who who's operating on you know sick people all day doesn't think there's a possibility that they might get sick. <laughs> and a a large part of my job is really saying things to people to wake them up. Right? right? Even when they're highly educated, right? The more educated someone is, usually the the worse clients they make. And the, <laughs> the, the worse they're planning is, right? They
1: they they're called the know-it-alls, aren't they?
0: Right. Well, you know, if you're a really intelligent person, you become and I I work on this personally. You become uh overconfident in your ability to do things that have that are outside the realm of, uh, or the scope of your expertise. I see this a lot with uh, a lot of the
1: physicians we engage with. Right. That's real dope here for sure. I know my next question here is kind of funny. You're an LA native. Um, You're probably deep into hoops as well. Um, uh, Talk to us about, you know, the restart of the NBA and as a consumer and as a fan as well, opposite of what you do, uh, what are you looking into? Are we potentially getting an all NBA, all LA, western conference final what's 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 you what are you looking at as in terms of the dynamic of the restart of the n b a you know what i'm interested <laughs> I'm, I'm just really interested in what's going to happen
0: uh every day I turn on t v you know someone's talking about dwight Howard not wearing a mask <laughs> uh the young brothers <laughs> over there talking about the food they're eating i uh, i'm really interest, re- interested to see if it's really going to work. It looks like it can there's a tremendous amount of when there's a tremendous amount of money at, at stake for the owners and the players. It looks like it can work. Um, but I'm hoping you know these young brothers are safe, they get through it, and then they just provide you know that entertainment that we're all missing. Um, look, I don't know who's gonna beat the Clippers. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, man. and I'm originally you, from Richmond, California, so I'm a Warrior fan. Um, I took a break when they got KD, I wasn't into that. You know, I'm not, I thought they always should be competing against you know against each other. Uh, you know, eventually. You know the students need to become the masters and start pressing you know the right. people ahead of them just for the i think right. uh in the interest of the game uh but you know i'm I'm a bay area native so i'm a raider fan uh okay. you know even though they're in vegas you know i'll be out in vegas <laughs> <laughs> and
1: a warrior fan but I, I
0: i don't see who's beating the clippers I, I don't see how it's possible
1: right right actually mike Mayoff is a really cool guy as well you mm-hmm. get a chance to see i got a chance to see him a week ago so um we're hoping big things this year for your Raiders for sure. But I, I kinda agree with you on this uh Clippers thing. You know, they're they're well rounded, they're deep. They actually played today and um Paul George in limited minutes like put on a show. So it's it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see. Unless LeBron goes
0: look, LeBron always has a chance of going LeBron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey Jermaine. Right.
2: Clip city, chip city.
0: Well, look, the Clippers, Bomber just bought a plot of land out here. I think he bought the Great Western Forum right near the uh, stadium where the Rams are playing now. Right. Uh, and he's going to build a stadium out there. So the Clippers are definitely trying to move out of that shadow, which is, you know, back to our point. You know, Steve Bomber, right? He's the richest owner in sports. He ain't trying to hear anything about what exists and what how things are working now. He's fully interested on, you know, creating his vision and how he wants things to work, right? And, you know, he's a perfect example of what all of these young guys and what we should be doing, right? And even you guys with, with journalism and kind of what, how you're operating now,
1: right? Right. That, right. that was actually my next question because the Clippers are moving into a newly renovated, uh, we're talking billions of dollars. I think MSG is also partnering with them as well. Um, do you have any intel and any ties to what the Clippers are doing into their new arena as no. well?
0: No. You know what? No, none. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, everyone doesn't like to let me into a lot of stuff like that, man. You know, (laughs) when I get in, I tend to, you know, I'm opinionated and uh, (laughs) you speak your mind. You get get, what I'm always looking for is game. All right. Because I don't know everything. I just don't. I can't. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's things I knew in my business that I have to relearn that I've forgotten from 10 years ago or, you know, it's I'm always looking. You know, for the access to that information, right? right? And, you know, my uncle used to tell us, by the way, my uncle, you know, was Coach Carter, so I was on that Coach Carter team. I tore my ACL, I wasn't playing, but I was on set when they filmed the movie and everything. So he was a big, influential reason why I always wanted to work with athletes. Uh, of course, I tore my ACL, I thought I'd be an athlete, but he used to always tell me, you know, the difference between the haves and the have nots most of the time is information. Right. So, you know, if they let me, if they let me, if they give me an opportunity to get that information, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to soak it up and, you know, see how I can flip it into something that's going to work for, you know, myself, my family, my
1: community, right? For sure.
2: And the L.A. Clippers and the Lakers, who do you, who do you see as the dominant East team? Is this the yeah, going, to finally it has it to be Milwaukee. Right? I mean,
0: who, who, who yeah, do you I mean, see he's coming out of the East this year. Look, he's, he's, Giannis is pretty quickly starting to, you, think so? you know, start to assert himself and, and move towards being the best player <laughs> in the league, um, but it's 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 hard to say this. But I don't know if it really matters, right? This is going to be a showdown between the Lakers and the Clippers. It's looking like that, but if I, in the East, I would yeah, tell, I would take Milwaukee, right? They got the best that's player. True.
1: Well, well, I would I would retort you and ask you this: What what are some of those that say? We don't know. I, I believe that Giannis is probably the most dominant player in the game right now as in terms of dominating both ends, regular season. You know, you can't really game plan for him. But what about those people who believe, it, did he really improve from last year? If you build a wall in the paint and force, dare him to shoot that 20-foot jump shot or even above the yard, has he developed that this year? What, you know, have you seen this year that kind of gives you that hope that Milwaukee will get over the hump? Well, they're just going to have to get out and press, and then hopefully they will. Hopefully, the pieces they
0: have around them, which they could have done a better job putting some, you know, some additional pieces around. But how are you going to tell someone to do a better job, and you're the kind of <laughs> you're the leading organization in your conference, right? Um, right? And they're you know small market team, so um, that you know that's a great question, yeah. and right. I would my default answer to that would be. Uh, Man, I've been going to some before they shut everything down. I was going to the Clipper game. I became a tremendous like Lou Williams fan. Unbelievable. That's my dude. Um, Great individual, too. Yeah, great dude. I, you know, I heard about the story he had that I heard that I didn't know about that guy trying to rob him was crazy. Um, You know, which made me love him even more. Um, yeah, but I, I just I don't think yep. it matters. I think uh Kawhi is about to lead them to another one. Or well, lead <laughs> get himself another one and lead them. That well, this would be the that would be the Clippers first, wouldn't it? Yep, it would be the first franchise's first ever. I think they're yeah. gonna get there first, then they're gonna move into the stadium and then they're gonna start <laughs> taking some uh some fan <laughs> market share from the Lakers, right?
1: Right. Last question here it's been a great conversation um tonight. We'd love you to have you back. I want to bring this up to you because I think this is a great question that perhaps only you can break this down. Um, I want to take a guy like Giannis, right? He's coming into a contract here. He could potentially be the highest paid um, NBA player. We're talking worth 250 to $300 million. But because he's in a, sh- a small market and with the uncertainty of the new CBA because of this whole coronavirus thing, do you think that if Giannis were to leave to go to Miami or to uh, New York or uh, another big market, um, would these supermax kind of fail for these small market teams and you being an, an advisor, how do you dictate that if you have an athlete or if you had a client like a Giannis, how, how would you differentiate in those things?
0: <clears throat> so I always have a default, uh, you know, Jerry Maguire moment with these guys, which is, you know, show me the money. All right. This is a business and you need to run your business like a business. And, you know, if you get into a position where you're Tom Brady and your wife has $300 million and you also have $300 million and you're making, you know, $60 million a year in endorsements and things like that, you can consider taking less money. Right. Um, but I think he has the power to really negotiate his contract and then make sure he also gets the pieces around him that will make him competitive, right? So a lot of these guys want to win. Right. You know, not most – I would. I don't think most of these guys want to win, by the
1: way. Yeah, I think most want the money. I think they, they want the money. <laughs> are, are we keeping it real? <laughs>
0: I'll
2: keep it real. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, most of them already came out and said, the
0: only right. reason I'm playing is – You know, you see the, the way yeah, some people attack this. And I, my health is more important. But my hey, point of view days, is more in I line the money, with the so. guys that you're saying, I'm doing this for the money. This is a business. So if you're asking me personally um, – if you can create a situation which we know you can in a bigger market somewhere like New York or somewhere like Miami, where you can win and get the bag, yeah. then do that right? But yeah. for him, it's going to be and it's a situation where you know they revenue share right, and my i don't i I never understood this small market talk, right. Um, they revenue share, they share TV money. They have plenty of money there to do anything they need to do in terms of, uh, of creating a championship basketball team and making sure he gets exactly what he's supposed to get. So I think that's a moot point. Cause I, you know, if he leaves the value of that franchise is going to drop by what, 500 yeah. million. Right. 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 So,
1: so and I, it, it's it's a, it's a dicey situation because you ask yourself: I'm telling If he you. leaves, did the, the, the Supermax fail? The reason why they implemented the Supermax was for small market teams to not have the Anthony Davis leave them, or the mm. well Anthony Davis situation is different because he wanted to go. But if you had Dwight Howard in Orlando, he he wouldn't leave. Or if you had a guy like, um you know, I can't think of a small market team like the Trey Young. You you mm. don't want him to leave. You know what I'm saying? So. It, 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 you have to ask yourself. You know, did it fail? Are our owners losing that? Well, you and got. You know, you got to think
0: like you know. Utah had Karl Malone and John Stock. So certain guys fit in certain places. You know, a lot of these young guys uh want to be obviously. You know, if you ask me, I like go play in Houston. Right, you pay less taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Harden supermax deals there, Um, um but. You can't you know, fault these young guys for one, trying to get their money and creating opportunities for themselves to win. And if you can do that in the bigger market, that's the way life works everywhere, right? Um, and to make this point, I'm very frustrated with, like, you know, because you look at some of the ownership and, you know, all of us, we really respect these billionaires. You know, Jerry Jones, talk, you know, he's like, I went bust in the oil fields. I went completely broke. And I was like, I relate with that because it happened to me. And then I built myself up and I became a billionaire but then when someone else comes to the table and they want to negotiate the most money they get, they have a salary cap. Right. right. And so I hate salary caps. It seems anti-American to me. Right. Mm -hmm. He should be able to negotiate or his true value to the organization. Right. So, um, you know, Michael Jordan was extremely underpaid when he was playing, you know, um, Giannis. I mean, I'm pretty sure Giannis is going to add a billion dollars if he stays. He's adding a billion dollars oh, yeah. of value to that franchise. Right. And if it's because of him, he needs to be able to look at that and negotiate. A, you know, forget the supermax. He should be able to negotiate a 500 million dollar contract. Because if they could, they can't pay it, and they probably would do it if it wasn't these other rules put in place. So sometimes I get frustrated with sports. I get what they're trying to do um, with the salary caps and some of the things, um, but you know. I had to sneak that in there because that's something I think about often. Like, man, forget a salary cap. Right. right. Like, you got to negotiate your market value. Like, and why are these capitalists that are getting billions of dollars in revenue right. and TV money when it gets down to the labor who's creating it? Now all of a sudden there's a cap. Yeah. You know, right. so, you know, that's frustrating to me sometimes, but they could change it, but they just, you know, you can always put the guys who, you know, don't have millions against the guys that do and the guys who, who need to eat? They outnumber those guys, and they start ratifying deals and you know CBAs that sometimes aren't in their best favor. They had more revenue back in the day,
1: right? Yeah. You know, it, so it's 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 a crooked world. You've got crooks in every industry. I
0: wouldn't even say crooked, but you have to represent yourself better, right? You're negotiating, you know. So if you're negotiating, look, if if I'm negotiating a deal like that, um, there's some billionaires yeah. around here that you you know you can. Use there's some lawyers around here that will ask for everything, right? They're just not some of sometimes we're you know we're not doing it. We're not asking you know right. asking for enough in general. But it, I think it applies to Giannis, right? He should be able to go to Milwaukee and say, "Look, I need three seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah. three seventy five. I'm adding a billion dollars to your you know two billion dollars over this amount oh, of man. time to your balance sheet based upon these projections, and they should be completely within the rules." I mean, they can pay the they can pay a you know a fine and do it. Yeah, they could pay the luxury tax
1: for sure. Right. And, and I, I, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this tonight. Um, I'll put you give you a scenario here. Obviously, this isn't the NBA can't do the, what the MLB is doing, give you massive contracts for years to come. But if you've got a client and your client is moving, uh, I know you're an LA guy. Um, he's one of your clients and he got that massive deal. What are some things you're telling them today? I know you're a happy man. <laughs>
0: um. Really, so that's when financial literacy really starts, right? When you start getting money like that, you have to surround yourself with people that have your interest in your best interest in mind, right? So uh, a couple of the guys you hear about lost a tremendous amount of money uh, or, you know, their advisors stole their money. You know, two of the three famous ones people have tried to introduce me to, right? And... It just, for whatever reason, we weren't able to kind of connect. And then, you know, someone stole their money, right? Mm -hmm. So, one, at that point, there has to be extreme attention paid to every dollar. Um, I would tell you, like Oprah says, you know, no one should be getting discretion or or authorization to move money on your behalf, right? Um, Before you put money in something, you have to understand uh, what you're actually doing which means if you need to take a year and study to understand the terminology and the jargon that goes along with it, then you just have to do that. Um, The other thing is your money has to be custodied in a way um, where it's protected. So a lot of times we see guys get in trouble because um, they're not custody. And what I mean by this is, you know, um, when I have an investment account, it's custody by uh, Pershing, which is BNY Mellon. And they have trillions of dollars in, in, uh, in money they custody, which means they hold the cash and the investments. And when I make investments for clients, they create the performance reports so I can't lie. Does that make sense? Right. So there needs to be a custodian involved. And then they need a really good tax attorney. <laughs> right. Right. So we use some very advanced strategies. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's even appropriate to get into that with guys when they have multiple business entities where they can take up to like a million dollar in deductions, um, manage the money and then create also insurance for themselves. Those are some of the um, it, there's some advanced strategies like that we'll use with guys with, uh, you know, extreme wealth like that. But it's going to be. Look, who does LeBron have surrounding him?
1: Yeah, like right. all the guys, Maverick Carter and. Right. So. <laughs> Right. If
0: you, and if you yeah. don't have those guys with that same level of attention oh, yeah. throughout all your all career, you yeah. still have to surround yourself with guys. You know what was always funny to me? How do these brothers survive where they come from and get into this world, and all of a sudden, all the stuff we picked up I'm from Richmond, California, all the stuff I picked up in Richmond. You know, it's always lent itself to me dealing with business when I'm looking at someone and making a judgment call. Right? Do so, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? So you, you got these guys coming from these areas and then they're making these judgment calls. I always wonder yeah. because I'm usually able to make a judgment call pretty quickly like this person doesn't have my interest in in, in, in mine. You know what I mean? Or if you're unless you're being completely duped, which I was in my like a CPA oh, completely true. duped me before in my life. Oh, we'll pre- talk about that yeah. next time I come on. They just completely com- committed fraud. And I didn't have the expertise before I got in the business. I didn't have the expertise to really know what was going on, but I was damn sure left with the, <laughs> with the bill. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but you know, you have to use your gut, you have to use your intuition. You have to begin to operate like an entrepreneur, a business owner, and you really have to change your mindset around what you need, who you need and start asking a bunch of questions. So the first thing we do with, you know, we didn't talk about this, but the first thing I do with guys is teach them the questions they should be asking. So we usually have a conversation. They're getting a new contract or they had a contract. It's really around and I already know that no one's asked them these questions before, right? Like clockwork. And mm-hmm. as soon as I start asking the questions, they start thinking. And I keep telling these young brothers, if you have ten million dollars, you're not supposed to pay two two percent on a portfolio, which is what I see all the time. Because you're young and black doesn't mean you pay you know, one hundred and seventy percent more than a client with the same amount of wealth pays because you are in the in a you know uh, because you are in the NFL, right? You shouldn't have to pay fifty thousand dollars for cash management. That's crazy, right? You are paying money for someone to manage your cash, or it, those kind of things, right? A lot of people I argue with um, different CPAs and different advisors in this business all the time. Extreme, extreme arguments. A lot of guys don't like me. Right. They really, you know, a lot of people in this business, when I have the conversation, because what I would do with you, if I had a hundred million dollars, I'll tell you exactly what I would do with a hundred million dollars. Right. And that doesn't involve paying someone one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to send me ten thousand dollars a month to my bank account. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Right. Right. So like you said, Maverick Carter, you know, that that model, you got to surround your people with you know, that level of character, um, that level of, I think at that point, um, really joint, um, interest in making you successful. Right. And that's what an advisor should be. If we do a good job as advisors, we get well compensated from that. Right? You know, we get well compensated based upon what we're doing for our clients. And, you know, many people are running away from that conversation, right? the advisors in this business don't want to know they'd let these guys know what they actually make off of them. Right. Right. And I tell them straight up, I don't have a salary. Every single dollar I've made in the last 10 years has came from my clients. And that's the attention of detail I give to their wealth. So if they're calling me and I'm tired and they need something done, it gets done. Right. If I have your life savings and we're advising you on, you know, these business deals and things that are going to really dictate you know, success for your family generationally, then that level of attention is actually paid to what you're doing. And too many times I just see these young brothers with these guys, just everything's in these high, you know, structured products, really, so they can't leave um, and they just manage money. And what these guys need to know is that managing money is almost the least important, least valuable thing. in what we do as financial advisors or wealth management advisors, it's lit. I mean, computers can do that.
1: Yeah, they can for sure. Some great stuff, powerful stuff, powerful stuff, man. It was a pleasure to have you on tonight. Kinda oh, like, man. enlightening us about this and just educating us about some of this and, and getting it from the perspective of us as regular consumers, us as, as civilians, us as business owners and athletes as well, and um, some knowledge stuff. We're pleased to have you back again.
0: Oh, man, please. And then, you know, you said the most important thing I do, and this is specific to our community, Everyone needs to protect their income. Right. You know, that's, we, and we, and you know, our, we don't do it because we all bulletproof, right? So that's what I want to leave on. <laughs> but thank you guys. Thanks. You know, thanks for having me, man. I love
1: it. So please let's do it again. Let's do it again for sure. You, Folks, if you guys want to uh, kind of connect um, with uh, AJ for, for sure, um, if possible, if, if you allow me to do this, um, we can uh, connect with them on LinkedIn if he allows us below to kind of uh, reach out to him if you need any needs um there for sure. But as for us, myself, and my it was a pleasure to have you here, AJ. Oh, perfect. Yeah, share LinkedIn, email, and the office number. I'll sh- you know shoot that for sure.
0: In love and then peace and love, Jermaine.
1: I appreciate
2: you <laughs> coming on the show. Always
1: there for sure. We're all, always to have us back. You always welcome and have a spot here always. with us on the show, too. Um, always a pleasure. All right,
0: have a good one. When
1: we come back, we'll go ahead and wrap things up tonight. Wow, Mike! Some incredible stuff. We're talking incredible. I, I didn't <laughs> incredible stuff I, that I did not even uh, you know prepare for. Um, some 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 great stuff enlightening us there for Jermaine Carter. Um, there for sure, Mike. Definitely, you and me both,
2: man. That that's a that's a, a great way to kick off season three, of the first episode. And uh, yeah, man, that was some enlightening uh, information that a lot of our, that our community definitely needs, man. You know, I hope I hope people that really listened and really honed in on what he was saying and really took took everything in with a grain of salt and, and really apply it to their lifestyles.
1: Yep, agreed there for sure. Um, that wraps it up for us tonight, Mike. Any quick hitters, any last thoughts? Um, as we have a brand new season, we're back. Um, you know, the NBA season about to kick off the MLB this weekend as well. And also we'll see what happens with negotiations with the NFL and NFLPA. But we're excited to be back, Mike.
2: Yeah, we are. We're excited for basketball. I know I was a little skeptical about basketball a couple months ago, but now that we're gearing up to that point and it's finally here, I'm actually excited that we're actually back and we get to see some ball. You know, I'm excited for the WNBA coming back as well. You know, I want to see my Mystics defend that championship <laughs> and obviously baseball is around the corner my Nats right, that right.
1: that, of my nets Right, right. That that actually factors around Elena Deladon, so we'll see if she gets right. Of yeah, it's
2: it's, it's, it's it's crazy because you know, you have a situation with the WNBA telling her that her medical staff was was wrong in their analysis of you know her sitting out this season. It's 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 deep. She wrote a she wrote a nice column about the situation, and uh, I encourage anybody to go read it. But um, it's, it's a dicey situation. I don't, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if she doesn't play. And I, I to be honest with you, if she's not clear to play, I don't want to see her play. I, I, another cha- another championship on the belt is not worth her health or any of those ladies' health. So. Deladon, we're with you. Whatever decision they decide to make, we're with you. We hope it's the righteous one.
1: We make the righteous one for sure. And it's not only De Dons, We also encourage all families across the nation, you know, with coronavirus to continue staying safe, washing your hands, and, of course, practicing wearing a mask and social distancing as well. That wraps it up for myself and tonight. Um, until you see you guys next time. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight, if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online... The Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.